Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. And Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Present Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On this episode, we have Tom Sarmento, the man behind the General Lee. The man behind the General himself, Tom Sarmento. Welcome to Southeast Iowa Today on Round Guy Radio. Well, thanks for having me, John. Uh, I, re- I really appreciate this. Uh, you know, I, I've got I've got a friend out there that uh, would probably like to hear this interview. Uh, you know, John Wyrick. He lives in West Burlington, Iowa. Yes, I know John. He's a great guy, and he's got a beautiful '68 Dodge Charger. Yes, he does. And yeah. you know, he's left it as a '68. You know, and uh, he hasn't made it into a general. Right, right, and. Th- and, you know, sometimes for a Dukes fan, that's a really hard thing to not do. Well, it is. And he's a very strong Dukes fan. I mean, uh, he's one of our stunt team members. Uh, I met John in uh, 2000, I think it was uh, 2004, in uh, uh, Bristol, Tennessee. And uh, he introduced himself to me and said that he was a uh, mechanic. And I says, have you ever put a uh, ship cable in a, uh, it was a um, uh, Trans Am. And he says, sure, I've done that before. I said, here's some money, go down and get one, put it in. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, that was the first one he ever did. But he did get the car going, and we used that, we used that car for Russell's turnover. I'll be darned. Isn't that something? You know, sometimes when opportunity knocks, you just have to answer the door, right? Yeah. And, you know, I saw him and and, uh, Gene, you know, just sitting up there in in the stands in in the bleachers. And I says, John, come on down here. I says, you're one of us now. And, you know, he just just thought that was the greatest honor, you know. And uh, Yeah. But, you know, hey, he earned it. That's for sure. Well, he's a... He's a good man, and uh, and uh, he definitely did earn it, and I know he uh, takes great pride in that. Hey, before we go any further, there's one sure. thing I have to do um, for you before we do anything else, and I want to thank you for your service to our country, sir. You served in Vietnam for the United States in the Marine Corps, and I just want to say thank you. I, John, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, nowadays, you know, uh, when I travel, I can't really get to the gates, walk to the gates that far, so I have to have assistance. But, you know, I feel bad being in a wheelchair, and, uh, you know, so I do wear my uh, my uh, Vietnam service hat. And uh, I do get a lot of thank yous, especially from the people on American Airlines, you know, the, uh, the pilots, co-pilots. You know, and the stewardess. I mean, uh, they 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 recognize what we went through. Well, if it wasn't for uh, for uh, men and women like yourself, and uh, you know that that uh, fight for our freedom and keep our freedom, we couldn't uh, do what we like to do. We couldn't even have a podcast, you know, if we didn't have 
have our our, our military men and women uh, support our, and keep our freedom. And I think it's important, especially in 2023, that we we remind people of that because this world is a big place, and and not all of it is always a good place. So. <laughs> That 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 is a true story, there, uh, John. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully, we can turn this country around a bit, you know, and uh, put it in the right direction again. Yeah, it seems like once we go one way too far, we kind of everybody says, "Hey, this is too far." We kind of pull back, and so hopefully, we're in that pullback stage. Yes, so we yeah. we can enjoy what we do most, you know. Uh, and you know, I do love telling stories about uh, the Dukes of Hazard and uh, you know the, the funny stuff that we went through. And uh, you know, uh, with uh, Paul Baxley, he was a fantastic uh, second unit director and co- uh, stunt coordinator. And I'll tell you what, I I have read, I've got your book right here in my hand right now, The Man Behind the General: Stories by Tom Sarmento, written by Marty Turner. And this is quite a book. And uh, on the back, it says, this is the story and picture book of Tom Sarmento's life as a son, father, and grandfather. And what a life you've led so far, sir. Well, I I hope to keep on going, uh, you know, uh, as long as I can. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. So, you know, we we live it for the fullest. That's for sure, and that's great advice. And if someone's listening hasn't been doing that, take Tom's advice because it's it's the best way to go. Now, uh, you have so many neat things that happen in this book, and uh, I want to mention that you are you were born in uh, East Providence, Rhode Island, and you grew up in Bradley, Illinois. Correct. Correct. Yes. So, in Bradley's right near peoria if i if i recall correctly. oh bradley is about it's several hundred miles from peoria peoria oh, is, is down down at the other end of the state okay you know, uh, you know, i think up. what i must be now is bradley university in peoria no, no is that bradley, bradley university is in peoria okay so that's where i that's where I got messed up. I was thinking of the university instead of the town. So Bradley is more up uh, up north. Yes, it's uh, 90 miles uh, south of uh, Chicago. Okay, okay. And now it's only, it's only a few miles from the Indiana, uh, Illinois state line. Okay, I've got my geography. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, no problem. <laughs> well, it, you, it sounded like you and your brothers kind of uh, – kind of uh had some good times growing up yes we were all gearheads and uh you know it started with my dad uh you know uh everybody used to hang out at at our house and uh you know my dad was always given his advice on on these hot rods that they were building and stuff like that and uh it in the front of the house it it looked like the starting line for the drag strip <laughs> I mean, That's cool. they, they, everybody was doing burnouts, you know, and uh, you'd see one one set of tracks being uh, into the neighbor's yard and back out of the street, you know, where you kind of <laughs> got lost control of that. But 
<laughs> well, well, at least your parents could say they knew where you were for at least a little bit. Right. Uh, they could hear, and then the neighbors yeah. would also talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably never a dull moment in your neighborhood. No, it wasn't. And you know, see, and I left. Uh, I left. Uh, uh, we were we moved up from Bradley to Glenview, Illinois, and because um, my uh, mom got a job with her uh, doctor, and he he wanted her to stay, so he helped move us up there and get my dad started in a in a painting and uh, kind of a decorator for your patios and and things like that. So. But uh, I left home, you know, when I was 17, at, just out of high school, and uh, I, I joined the Marines. And, it, and you you remember that, you know, we did it with my dad signing for me, and my mom, when she found out, I thought there was going to be a divorce in the family. She was, she was, uh, she just wanted to know why. My dad would sign for me to be in the Marines, but uh, I'm I'm glad he did, and uh, they worked things out. And when I went over to I I volunteered to go to Vietnam. They uh, my uh, mom really questioned my sense. <laughs> you know, she goes, hey, I don't think you have the right right sense to be going over there as a volunteer. And I says, Well. You know, it's something that I want to do, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was just uh, I just turned 18, and uh, I had to be 18 before I could go over to Vietnam. So when I went, when my my birthdays, my 17th birthday, I spent in Marine Corps boot camp. My 18th and 19th birthdays, I spent in Vietnam, and then my 21st birthday, it was time for me to. Get out of the service. And then, uh, I was a sergeant E five in the in the, uh, in the Marine Corps. Well, that is that's quite a, an achievement for a twenty one year old. Yes, you know, uh, it, it it it's something that you it, if you do it, you got to do it right. And you know, uh, I couldn't believe that I did make sergeant, you know, E five. And then, you know, I'd make, I would have made Sergeant E6 if I would have stayed in till January 1st, but I got out in October. And, uh, you know, they were kind of uh, wanting me to, as an E6, then go into officer candidate uh, training and become mm-hmm. a second lieutenant. And a second lieutenant over in Vietnam, those guys were... I don't know. You can say idiots, but they all wanted to be a Ricky Recon. They uh-huh. always, they they always wanted to take chances with your life. So, I you know, <laughs> I I figured I'll, I'll just I'll just stay out, sit this one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you did four years. <laughs> I did my the, four years. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, I was thinking, you know, when you were saying if you're going to do something, do it right. Obviously, you took that on into your uh, your further career. Yes, I did. You know, uh, you know, I I tried to do the, you know the best uh, that I knew how to do, and if I didn't know how to do it, I would ask somebody else with more experience and take their advice. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 I, I and, I, and by reading your memoir, I know that uh, your father also was mechanically inclined, so you probably got a lot from him. Yes, and uh, you know, uh, fortunately, he was a uh, World War II vet, uh, and he was in charge of a, a tank. He was uh, the TC for for the tank, and uh, he got uh, he got two Purple Hearts while he was over there. And wow. uh, but but he he made it back, and uh, so goes on with, with Tom Sarmento's life. Right, right. Well, when you made it back to the United States, and uh, you had, you know, sky's the limit. You've got opportunities galore. You you ended up in California. Yes, because uh, I, I was stationed at. Uh, uh, Camp Pendleton at Oceanside, and so I spent uh, a year, year and a half, uh, in uh, my last year and a half of the service in California, and when I got out, I just stayed in California, and uh, you know I, and, you know by staying out in California, you know I I met some pretty interesting people, you know, and uh, I ended up uh, working at a standard station at Sunset in Barrington. And a guy came in and he says, uh, hey, I'm looking for a mechanic for the Chrysler shop down, just down the street. And uh, that was uh, Eddie Jones. And he was the service manager. And uh, so I grabbed up what tools I did have. It had them in a cardboard box. And I, I went to work for uh, Hart Fullerton Chrysler Proofs. Wow. And, uh Yeah. So uh, it, it all started from there. And and what I bet I bet just you know being a young man in his early twenties and being in in Southern California compared to well where you were in Vietnam and 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 where you started out in Illinois uh, it was quite a different place. Oh yes, it it it, it was uh, an eye opening event, and uh, yeah, I worked for Chrysler for. Uh, until they closed the shop in uh, 1978. And uh, uh, I, I could do almost anything, you know, there. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked the I worked like the uh, the quick service with six other people that were quick service. But they were all older guys, and they were pretty much set in their ways. And But uh, Tom, when he went to work, he went there to earn money. And... Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so you were moving. Uh, yes, you know, and uh, you know, I had I had my race car there, you know, uh, in nineteen. Uh, I started racing in uh, seventy two, and uh, you know, I I would bring that to the shop every now and then because then I when we left, you know, I got out of work. I tried to get out early and then head down to Orange County Raceway and uh, race on Wednesday nights. You know, just uh, for time trials and, uh, you know, uh, but. Uh, now, if I recall correctly, that was a Plymouth Barracuda that you were racing. Yes, it was. I had a 70 and then I had a 71. Man, those, what, a, what a nice looking car. Yes. And you know what? Uh, we we did most more than, than any other people, you know, because I, with the 70, I set the uh, record in, uh, Superstock I-Automatic, 
uh, both ends of the record, uh, ET and mile per hour. And then with wow. the 71, I set it in H automatic, in super stock, H automatic, uh, both ends of the record. So, you wow. know, and I've got a couple couple of the small Wally for winning class at, uh, at Pomona. And uh, Now explain so, to some people, some people that may not know about the Wallys. Tell, tell, well, share with us what the Wallys are. Well, that that is a, a trophy, and that that was you know uh, they they just nicknamed that trophy a Wally. And mm-hmm. if you watch racing today, they'll say you know he's the winner of, of the Wally for the uh, super stock class or the top fuel funny car and pro stock. They all get they all get a, a Wally. Gotcha. And wasn't Wally um, involved with Hot Rod Magazine? Yes. Yes, yeah. he was. And he was yeah. the he was the one of the founders of uh, NHRA. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, wow. see, NHRA, you know, their office was just just down the street in uh, in Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, it was on the same boulevard. And uh, I used to they used to send the van down to me. They had a, uh, a a Dodge van, but they'd send it down to me, you know, to, for service and stuff. So, you know, wow. it's it, kind of—I it, was yeah. gonna say—it's kind of a small town um, scenario in a very, very, very large city. Yes, it is, and you know, uh, the drag racing people. You know, uh, you know, my uh, my wife at that time and. Uh, my uh, uh, daughter uh, Jennifer and my son Scott, they they used to like to go because we traveled. We had uh, we I bought a motorhome, and we put the trailer behind it. So when we went out to these different meets, you know, we were in different states, and you know they would meet kids and they'd all get to play, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they, they look they looked forward to traveling to uh, you know to Seattle and. Uh, uh, Oregon. Let's see where else we go. We went to uh, Las Vegas and we went to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, to race. Well, every trip was an adventure for them. Yes, it was. And you know, uh, even when we were, you know, when I was doing Dukes, I took off. Uh, it was during our hiatus, and we were off for probably three months. And I, I took them uh, across the states. We we hit every kind of place that we, you know, we could, uh, you know, uh, the Painted Desert, the Grand Canyon, uh, all the way into uh, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee. We went to the Grand Old Opry. Uh, then we took off from there. We went back to Chicago, and we stayed in Chicago probably about three weeks. Wow. And then we then we decided we're going to go home, but we're going to go home a different way. So we went up uh, on, uh, I think it was 80, you know, and then it's, we ended up in uh, Colorado and then uh, back into uh, Air, uh, Las Vegas. And then we, I said to the kids, I said, it's hot. I said, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to stop in Las Vegas? Or we can go home. We, you know, I, we can be home in four four hours. Mm-hmm. So they all they said, let's go home. So <laughs> it was time. <laughs> yes, 
you know, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, great kids, great kids, you know, yeah. and uh, now well, I you got, speak, you know? I say you speak very fondly of them in your book as well. Well, you know, uh, they're the biggest part of it, you know. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's it's my life story, and you know, like 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 I told uh, my daughter, I says, you know, I I I can talk about you, and I can talk about my grandkids, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's just been been very very um, it's been a good life, you know. If, if I were to die tomorrow, I would say I there isn't anything I regret not doing. That's that is a, I think that is a definition of a great life right there. Yes, you know, uh, you know, I, I I am still enjoying things. You know, uh, we're actually uh, leaving uh, Thursday uh, evening uh, to go pick up a car in uh, uh, Hollister, uh, Missouri, and okay. uh, that that is uh, Nathan Chrissy, Kissy's car, and uh, it was. Uh, stolen, and oh, uh, he's a he's a yes, and um, they stolen. They wrecked his General Lee. They they totaled his General Lee. Yeah, you know I've seen bad damages on Dukes. You know, and it would have went right to the crusher. And but this is Kate. This is you know uh, Nathan's car, and right. you know he. His mom told me, his mom Priscilla told me something that that just made me want to do this for him even more. She says, when he found out his car was totaled, he just wanted to be dead. Oh. And he loved that car. It had all the signatures underneath the hood. I mean, the hood is not safeable, but uh, the guy said that we they, they would go ahead and straighten it as best as they pop, possibly could. And he, mm-hmm. and he could have it in his bedroom and hang it on the wall or, you know, put it in there next to him. Because he had NASCAR people signing it. He had he had uh, Roger Penske sign it, you know, plus all, all the cast of the Dukes members and uh, the stunt people. And because uh, everybody that Nathan, you know, touched in his life, touched their lives. Right. And, uh so that's why we're going up there, and uh, we're going to see uh, what O'Reilly's Auto Parts uh, can sponsor us for for front end parts for the car. Well, that is uh, that's wonderful. I mean, you you sir are doing the Lord's work with that one. Well, you know, I I, I hope uh, I'm doing this in the right way, and uh, you know. Uh, I don't know who the manager of those three O'Reilly stores are, but uh, you know we got a parts list to them, and they they are looking over it. So hopefully we'll be able to take some parts back from O'Reilly's, and uh, you know, uh, you know just just help get this budget down as uh, low as we can. So she's only got X amount of dollars right. to put back into the car. So. Yeah, and I, I had to explain to Nathan, and Nathan is a special needs kid. He's got multiple sclerosis, and he's had brain surgery after brain surgery. And, uh, you know, he was never expected to live to the, uh, to the age that he is today. 
he's uh, 33, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I told him, I says, it's going to take some time. They, they gave me an estimate of a, between a year and 14 months before wow. that car is completed. But uh, the guy that's doing the work, he says, I can drive that from my shop in North Carolina to Hollister, Missouri, with no trouble at all. But he wow. says, we're going to put it in a trailer so that when it gets gets there, it's you know not going to have any dings or chips or anything like that. And, right. and you know as well as I do, if you see a General Lee, you're always going to stop and they're going to want to ask you questions about the car. That so is it, would take, it would take forever to get there on that trip. Yeah, yeah you kind of have to go on the down low, incognito. <laughs> well, well that, that's, a, that's, that's what we're doing, John. We're, we're, when we pick up the car, we're going to uh, put it on a trailer. Uh, it doesn't move. But we got the trailer we got uh, from uh, Brad Hardin. Uh, he loaned us his trailer, and it's got a wench on it. It's a tilt bed. So okay. what we what we did is is uh, somebody said uh, use uh, WD-40 or something, you know, on, on the trailer to make it slide up, and then uh, somebody said, hey, why don't you just use Dawn dishwashing soap, and It'll slide right up, and then when it when it rains or you can hose it hose it off, you know then then you're done, you know, and you yeah. don't have all those all that grease and stuff all over your trailer to take a steam cleaner to take off. So, uh, and then well, and then uh, then my friend Dave Ivy, who volunteered uh, his truck in his time uh, to drive me up there, uh, you know. Uh, He's a, he's a he's a fantastic guy. He used to be my uh, Snap-on tech rep, and I haven't seen him in 15 years. Hmm. And then to come to find out, he lives five minutes from my house. <laughs> wow! So we we finally got together on on uh, Facebook, and uh, you know he told me where he lived, and you know I go, that's right over by. Uh, uh, Mec- Mecklenburg uh, High School, and he goes, "Yeah, it's right across the street." My son goes to a school near there, and so we we got together, and then this, you know, he 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 read about this in, on Facebook about this General Lee being that that bad shape. So what he suggested we do is we're going to cover up the uh, front part of the uh, car with all the damage on it, and then cover the whole complete car, and then that way there it'll just look like we have a car. So we right. won't, when we stop in the gas stations, we're not going to be asked a thousand questions and, and you know, make make our trip a little bit longer. Right. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I do. Well, I, I, I wish the best for you on that. And I think I bet you that uh, O'Reilly's is going to, is going to be able to help out. I just, I have a, a good feeling about that. Well, we, we, I just uh, text, uh, before we get on the air, I just text uh, Priscilla and see if uh, the manager of those stores uh, got that. And he said that uh, what they would do is split up, it, split it all up between the three stores, so oh. they didn't have to take it all from one store. And uh, uh, the last time we did that, we needed parts. Uh, 
you know, from uh, O'Reilly's. Uh, we got it from all from one store, but it was just minimal stuff compared to what it is on this one here. Cause sure. The damage is the the from the firewall forward is gone, and yeah. uh, uh, it, it, it yeah it, it it took such a hard hit. Uh, you know, luckily the kids that uh, took it, they weren't hurt. You know, but they weren't wearing their seat belts, and uh, the one in the passenger seat, the the buddy seat was down, and he bent that, and he slid into the guy, into, uh, the the driver of the car and actually pushed the inside of the door frame uh, in, in, into the door. The door looks fine from the outside and it opens and closes, but when you open up that door, all that damage is in there. So he's gonna try, he's gonna try to save all his, uh, his graphics on the car because he's got a, actually a uh, painted on uh, flag on the roof. Okay. And, uh, but he's got six coats of clear over it. So, Wow. That that will make it so it's savable. So all he'll have to do is, you know, scuff it and, uh, you know, uh, clear over it, and uh, we'll be we'll be all set. That is awesome. So you're even today, right now, you're just this makes you just almost as almost as busy as you were back in what 1978 or 79 when you started working on the Dukes. Yes, uh, you know, it, it, but uh, you know, right now it's it's a lot cleaner work. You know, ah. it, it, it took me a better part of a year to get all of that grease out of my my pores on my uh, my hands and uh, underneath my fingernails. But <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, on Dukes, I was the dirtiest one on the set. Uh, there was nobody else dirtier than me, and. Uh, Sometimes I wouldn't even eat with the crew because I was so dirty, and uh, I'd wait till I went back to work because that gave me an hour to, you know, re recheck the cars and do some uh, adjustments for them for what they were doing. But, well, you uh, were you were the real life Cooter in yes, some ways. Yes, I was. <laughs> uh, you know, Cooter though at at one time, and when we were at uh, in Sperryville, and I was up on stage with him. You know, he goes. You know, Tommy is the real, real cooter. He says, I don't think I could even open up the, a hood. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, Ben Jones, you know, he, he he's, he's quite a man, you know, and uh, you got to love those people to death for what they've done for Dukes. And, you know, he's got three stores going. And uh, so he's had a very successful life. And, you know, he was the... Uh, he was a congressman for the state of uh, uh, Georgia, yeah. uh, and he, he and he made it through two uh, two terms, and he got beat by Newt Gingrich. So that Newt Gingrich was if if he had to get beat, you might as well get beat by one of the best. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, and Ben's wife Alma, the two of them together have just uh, really helped keep the Dukes of Hazard alive uh, through through their stores and through the events they still do today. And and I remember back in the early 2000s, they uh, hosted Dukes Fest. Yes, they did. Uh, they, they started at uh, Bristol, Tennessee in uh, 2004 and five in Bristol. And uh, then we went to uh, Nashville for two years. And, uh, you know, that's when 
that first year in Nashville, they estimated the crowd between 80 and 100,000 people. Yeah, and that's incredible. It, it, well, uh, the the uh, town of Nashville, which hosts uh, all kinds of stars and events and stuff, that was the biggest event that Nashville has ever had was, you know, the uh, Dukes of Hazard shows. That, and I know I got to uh, attend the one in 07 there in Nashville at the Music City Motorplex and had my General Lee on the infield with about 100 others. And uh, I got to see you and your stunt team in action. And I actually got to give rides in my General Lee around the track there in Is Nashville. It, it, now, doesn't that make you feel good and important? Yeah. You know, when, yeah. when, when, when somebody asks you, could you take some of these fans around the track, you know? Yeah. And that, that, that is something that's, you know, not everybody gets to do, but, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't take anybody around the tracks at that time because I was, I was too busy getting those uh, cars ready, you know? Yeah. And, cars ready. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, I have a special interest in the stunt guys. I mean, I want to give them everything that they want. I want them to feel very secure in that car. If they hear any noises or they want, want, want to question something about that, you know, they come to me. And, it, you know, it's either, you know, live with it because it's tail it's a tailpipe hitting, uh, you know, uh, that, that kind of noise, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, everybody that that worked for me, you know, on the show, knew that I gave them my best and I still did it uh, today if if I were to put together another car which I, I don't think is going to happen but uh, you know Corey Eubanks I mean he took that, that general and uh, he went uh, uh, he went 202 feet he was about 32 feet in the air Ben yeah. Jones and uh, Al Wyatt and uh, let's see Ben Jones, Al Wyatt, and uh, uh, John Schneider. John yeah. Schneider were were up in there, and yeah. they that that flag stand is sixteen feet, and those guys were six feet plus, and they were looking up in the air as that car was still climbing. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, Corey, you know, he, he's he, he's he's a trooper, you know, and uh, you know, uh, he's he's done. He's done jumps for me, and uh, uh, you know Russell Turner, or uh, Russell uh, Soberg, uh, Lance Turner, and uh, uh, Ted Ted Barber. They did that head-on for us, and uh, with the two sheriff cars. Yeah, that that, that was our most dangerous sport, dangerous sport. Uh, uh, you know, it was the most dangerous stunt that we ever performed. And it's never been done again to this day. And it's and people that watch the Dukes of Hazard, um, you actually end up I probably seeing it in more than one episode. It's such right. an incredible. Yeah. And yeah, that was but, where but, the two sheriff's cars were coming at each other, and they fly through the air and hit each other head on above a creek. Right. But yeah. it, it, what what we, we are, they rehearsed that and rehearsed that. They had to both be at 
35 miles an hour. So that's a 70 mile hour impact. They could yeah. not see each other until they were in the air. That's, and then they were supposed to hit off center so that they would spin and fall down on on each side of the uh, the uh, that bridge that, uh, that that they were jumping over, and uh, it it worked it worked perfect. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It's, and, a, uh, it's incredible. And the thing that folks listening need to remember, uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners who are my age will know this, but uh, there may be some younger ones. This was way before. Uh, CGI. This was the real thing. I mean, you know, this, uh, this, this was real men in real cars flying through the air. Yes, and I'll, I'm, I'm always asked, you know, on some of these jump pictures, is there somebody driving that car? And I go, of course there is. <laughs> you know, yeah. now if we had a dummy in the car, well, that would be a dummy and it would be strapped in the seat. There is right. no reason to have a live person in there for no reason at all, that, and a dummy could take place. So all that that passenger is going to get is hurt. <laughs> so right. you know, uh, you know. So that's when we started using uh, uh, dummies for the for the like, stunt. They were actually the ride-alongs, you know, with the right. stunt person. Now, how tell the folks of South that are listening here on Southeast Iowa today. How you got to be the head mechanic for the Dukes of Hazard television show? Well, it, it, it all started, you know, after I left Chrysler. Uh, that Chrysler shop, but it got shot down by Chrysler. And I went to work for the studios. Rich Sefton, he got me a job over at Universal. And I got in on my experience, you know, with diesels, which I had experienced for four years in the Marine Corps. So my, my first job was is the shop foreman goes, hey, new guy, go down there and adjust those brakes on that Greyhound bus. So I walked over to my toolbox. I got a brake spoon out, and I'm down there looking, and I'm going, how in the heck are, do you adjust the brakes on this thing? So I learned I learned very quickly about how to adjust those cans on on those brakes from the shop foreman, and he goes, "Where did they find you with you know uh, experience on diesels?" I says, "I've got experience four years you know with diesel engines and transmissions. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never worked on a Greyhound bus before in my life." So he says, "Well, I've got just the job for you then. We got a street cleaner out there." and it needs a transmission removed and a clutch and pressure plate put in it. That was the smelliest job I ever had. I mean, I worked on that thing for three days. And, you know, the the smell, even though we steam cleaned it, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it picked up all kinds of dead animals and everything. So, you know. I I did get I didn't I didn't get all the good jobs at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have uh, I mean the millions of people that you have affected in a positive way with your work on the Dukes of Hazard is just it's just amazing, and I mean here we are. It's been uh, 
40 plus years since the premiere of that television show and it's been a good what 30 plus years that it almost or so or a little more that it's been off the air and people are still watching it today and uh the show was great they had great actors and they they did a great job but as you mentioned earlier the second unit that was that was your department you and paul baxley's and the stuntmen and uh it just it wove just a wonderful story and, well, and people are still enjoying it today yeah and now see the second unit that was more of a close-knit unit we had the same uh second unit director we had uh the same uh first and second ad's on the set uh the same cameraman you know, effects man, uh, the, the the grips, you know, they all came back. We worked together for six years. And nobody, you know, wanted to turn that show down because we didn't know how long it was going to go. But on the first unit, you had a different director and you had different cameramen. You had, you know, uh, every, everybody was interchangeable. So, you didn't know who you were going to be working with. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you know, the second unit, we didn't have any sound. You know, there was no sound whatsoever. It, all the sound was dubbed in on with uh, special effects. <clears throat> and, and, you know, so that, that's the difference between the two. Now the, the, the first unit that had all the, all the cameras, they had sound cameras, they had they had all these people, they had extras, you know, uh we very rarely had extras uh you know out on second unit. But we did have a few of the uh, the stunt gals like uh uh Debbie Debbie Evans and uh, uh Debbie Evans uh, she could outdrive most people in a car, let alone a motorcycle. I've never seen anybody climb rocks like she could. I mean, those things were so steep. And I, I told I told Debbie, I said, Debbie, you tell me what you want done to the bike. You road test it. I don't I don't ride bikes at all. So uh -huh. she goes, okay, you know, you got it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I need. So she would she would tell me what she needed. And then we had Kate Kimler. She was Kathy's stunt double, and uh, she. Uh, it was a, a heck of a gal. We had uh, Christina Barr first uh, for the first couple episodes, and then she dislocated her shoulder when she went through some hay bales. So we were looking for somebody else that had really good legs to match, you know, Kathy. And, uh, you know, uh, a and long that's kind game. Of hard, hard task. Yes. But, you know, she had to have good legs, but she still had to do, know how to do stuff. She still had to know how to drive. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Paul protected the women on that set. He would not let them do any uh, jumps or turnovers. Uh, that that was not in the book. He says, you know, you gals are young. You don't know if you're going to get married and have kids, and we're not going to mess up all your inside stuff. So he says, don't even think that you're going to do a jump or a turnover, you know, with, with me. Uh -huh. And uh, he stayed that way. But, uh, you know, uh, Debbie Evans, uh, she she got a break, and 
she's done jumps and uh, turnovers and you know she's still riding she's still riding today she she is actually in the stuntman's hall of fame and she hasn't even retired yet from the from wow. the uh, from stunts so that says a lot about Debbie Evans and Debbie Evans was one of my fa- my favorite gals on the bike and you know you know Kate Kimmel and I you know we we got we got along just great and we're still getting along and she lives in uh, about an hour and a half from me and oh, wow. in uh, North Carolina but uh, she is a uh, team leader for uh, FEMA so she's oh. a, she's in California right now and I think she's supposed to come back next week but uh, so she always has to leave anytime there's a disaster in the United States. And wow. as you know, we've had a lot of tornadoes, you know, hurricanes, you know, and fire, wildfires. So, you know, we don't get to have her at events. She's, she's always invited, but, you know, she, she, she always makes a call to me and says, Tommy, I cannot be there. I yeah. got called up by FEMA. Yeah. You know, when, when she gets called up, she's, she's got most of her stuff already packed, you know. So sure. all she's got to do is just hop out of plane fly out of charlotte right wow well you know speaking of stunt people um i have learned from your book that uh, in your book once again is the man behind the general stories by tom sarmento written by marty turner but i learned in that after dukes of hazard ended and you kind of put your tools away in show business a little bit and became a stunt man on uh, several tv shows like the fall guy and Hunter, and you were involved in movies like Maniac Cop 1, 2, and 3, and No Man's Land. What made you decide you wanted to be a stuntman? Well, I was I was done with, uh, I, I did one last um, mechanicing job after Dukes, and it was called Double Dare with Billy D. Williams and Ken Walls. But uh, the... Uh, and, and uh, Paul Picard, the producer of Dukes, you know, he had, he was producing that one, and uh, it, it was it was falling apart. Uh, there was uh, there was no real mesh with the people, you know, uh, like there was on Dukes. It, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't the same, and, and we had second units on there, but it, you know, we shot the second units up in San Francisco. And you know it, it it just never came about, and uh, then there was problems with the actors. Uh, Ken Walls, he want he didn't think he we should be driving some, uh, as he put it, a piece of junk uh, Chevrolet four door, and he wanted to drive a muscle car. Well, the only muscle car he was thinking about was a General Lee, uh-huh. and I, I I says Ken that that'll never happen. They're not going to give you a General Lee to drive on Double Dare. He goes, come up with an idea. Okay. So I thought, well, you know what? We got we got uh, 17 of those General Lees out there. Uh, I had a good run in 383. And uh, so what we did is we used that car. We painted a, painted a metal flake blue put a white vinyl top over the flag. Uh, we put center line wheels on it. We resprayed the interior black and Ken Walls had his General Lee. 
<laughs> wow. And to go on with that, after that show ended, and they sold all 17 cars, one of the guys, you know, uh, they they got them by uh, VIN numbers, you know, so nobody huh. could pick out a certain car. But anyways, this one guy, uh, he got it, and uh, he he knew the story behind it, why it was painted blue and everything like that. So uh-huh. he kept the car, and I believe he, he took it to, he was in Texas. So he took it to a car show that was for only for uh, uh, screen used and uh, uh, doubled stunt cars, you know, uh, you know, like uh, a Starsky and Hutch car, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And he brought it in as a real General Lake. And they said, no, you know, they, they weren't going to let him in. So I got this phone call. And it was the uh, promoter of the show. And he says, we got a guy here that says he's got a real General Lee. And it isn't. And I says, yes, it's blue with a white vinyl top and centerline wheels and black interior. He goes, yeah. I go, that is one of my original cars. If you look in the back window, in the corner of the back window, on all the way on the left side, you'll see a number, W, G, L, and then the number of the car. And he went back there, and he says, you're right. I, he says, okay. And then I, so I told him the story about how it happened. And the guy was so upset, he put the car in his garage, and it has not been seen to this day. Oh, my gosh. Yes. He, 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 will, he will not bring it out. He was just so embarrassed. You know that uh, they wouldn't believe him, and uh, huh. fortunately, I I asked, I answered my phone, and yeah, uh, you know because I, I don't answer it if you're not in my contacts, it it just goes into spam. So, sure. John, I had I had I had to make sure I had your phone number in there. So, <laughs> yeah. so, well, so when you called up this morning, but yeah. uh, it, uh, it it it, it was just that. a great. <laughs> well, that's. You have had just wonderful experiences, and um, this has been a wonderful conversation, Tom. And I could talk to you for hours, but I know that, gosh, some of the things you told told us and shared with us today, you're a very busy man. Um, so I'm going to probably just wrap it up at this time because it's been a wonderful conversation. But okay. before I before I do though, I want to ask you: are are there some anything? that I should have asked you that you want to share with uh, Southeast Iowa today listeners on Round Guy Radio? Well, if you haven't got a copy of my book, you can you can get it at Hazard County at Carolina.rr.com. And if you do that, you'll get in touch with a gal named Phyllis Henkel. She runs my uh, my webpage and my fan page. And uh, she will point you in the right direction. It's, the book is $35. It's a uh, hardcover book. It'll be uh, signed by me. If you want it personalized, just tell me and spell the name so that I don't make mistakes. And, uh, you know, it's uh, $5 to uh, to ship the book uh, from the post office. So uh, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, we, we we might be able to sell a few books to the listeners out there today, but 
as you know, John, you know, people don't really believe everything everybody says, but it is it is a fun book. It's a G-rated book, just like uh, Dukes of Hazard was a G-rated uh, 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 show. Right. And you know, uh, it, uh, it it's an e- it's a very easy read. But if you want to know anything about me, it'll be in the book. If if you if you do if you do don't, you can call me. I'm going to put one of my my cards in the book. And it's always better to email me first, and so that I can put you in my contacts if you want to talk to me. So my daughter goes, Dad, you've got to get rid of some of those phone contacts. She goes, some of the people have already passed. And I says, well, you never know when I might want to just dial that number and see who's on there. So, there you go. <laughs> so, but uh, she goes, you know, so you don't need any more. So. You know, because uh, I do have 2,500 uh, contacts in my phone. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so if you email me, you know, and uh, then then I, it was your phone number that I'll call. I'll call you back, and uh, if if you got any questions about the book or how to get it, I I can talk to you one on one. Well, Tom, you are such a generous man, and I have to. I have to tell you, I have to confess something that happened in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Atlanta Motor Speedway at Duke's Fest in uh, uh, June of, I think, 2008. And I was there, and you were there. And uh, this was just a huge, the track is a, an enormous, enormous venue, NASCAR track there. And I had my General Lee there, and I was there with my best buddy, Don Jones from LeClaire, Iowa, and he hauled my general for me and drove it through the busy parts of Atlanta to get to the track. And once there at the at Atlanta Motor Speedway, like in Nashville, I got asked if I could give people rides in my General Lee to help raise money for the children's charity at at the track. And I yep. said of course and I said of course. So they had us go out and make a couple practice runs early in the day. And um, you guys, you, you and your stunt team are down in that infield area of the track and you're setting up ramps and, and all kinds of stuff. And I pull in to the, to pit road and this man comes up to me, comes up to my side of the car and he starts yelling at me and asks me what the heck I'm doing out there on the track when he's got a stunt crew set up. And that man was you. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, sir, I'm sorry. They told me to go out and do some practice runs. And he goes, well, and, and you said, well, shut it down. And I said, yes, sir. And, and then I figured out who you were. Yeah. I, I, and I do, I do remember that. I, you know, yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't put a face uh, to the car, but you know, that 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 track was ours, and yeah. nobody was supposed to be out there, you know, because we didn't, you know, it, my guys, you know, they, they're in a hurry, they're not going to look for, you know, coming out behind something else, you know. Right. So the track was supposed to be ours from such and such a time, and uh, yeah. Well, what was uh, what, what, so you remember that? I remember that. Well, yes, I remember well, that. once again, once again, I apologize for that. 
And, uh, but also I turned to my, once we figured out that it was Tom Sarmento that just chewed, chewed us out, I turned and I looked at my buddy and I said, we just got our asses chewed out by Tom Sarmento. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, some things uh, don't upset me as much as uh, safety, you know, well, right. uh, you know, and, uh, and I, I totally, I, I totally get it and understood it and understood it at the time because I was like, I was embarrassed that it happened because, but you know, I was given direction from somebody else. And so, but yeah, it was, I'm glad you said something when you did. And, 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 and even though I, you know, I was in the wrong and doing the wrong thing, I still think it's cool that you remember that. Well, you, you, you remember some things, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, who is this idiot that's out there on the track? You know? Yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I, I didn't know you at, at the time. We, we didn't know each other. Right. But, you know, that, that was, you left an impression on me. You know, because you were you 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 got out there for some reason, and I don't uh -huh. know who told you you could you know be out there on the track, but whoever told you he was it wrong because he right. they knew that uh, that track was locked down while we were out there. We didn't need yeah. anybody you know, whizzing by us or anything like that. Well, so. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm making up for that goofiness today. <laughs> well, you, you 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 have, and see that that's a funny thing. Were, were you doing uh, radio shows like that uh, back then? I was, I was actually working in uh, television in Davenport, Iowa back then. And I was a director of programming for a okay. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah, see that, that, that's what it was. You, you were a director. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That was the problem. <laughs> that, that, that's always a problem. You know, the, the director always wants something that's, Maybe not feasible, you know. Exactly. But since he is the director, you you try to give give it, you know, as best as you can. Paul Baxley, you know, the only answers you gave Paul was, yes, sir. You did not. The words no did not enter my mind when I was talking to Paul Baxley. And if I didn't know what the answer was going to be, and it should have been a no, sir, we'll figure it out. And there you go. Paul, Paul was happy. I was happy. And then I just was trying to figure out how we were going to do some of this stuff. So, uh, <laughs> well, you it, figured, it, you figured it out. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause you know, we, at that time, uh, it was a jump vest that we were, that, that the, the stuntmen, uh, designed, uh, you know, Corey Eubanks, uh, John Cade, uh, Henry Kenji and, uh, See, there was one other one, Russell Soberg. They came up with an idea, and they had a uh, a guy that worked at a leather uh, that sold leather leather, uh, leather together, and uh, so they had the uh, D rings uh, put on this jump vest, and they laced it up with cord. It was like a girdle, and it actually let you be hung from the ceiling by your shoulders, and then you pulled the belt tight, you know, so it, it actually had your your back, so it was uh, it wasn't compressed. And you know, what what a funny thing is, and I did I think I did mention it in the book. We did put inner tubes, you know, from uh, oh like a wheelbarrow or something, 
you know, uh-huh. and we used to put those under the fr- uh, under the front seat, and then you know we'd fill them up with air, and when when they come down, you know that uh, it gave them just a little bit more cushion, and uh, you know they they would usually pop the uh, the 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 uh, inner tubes that we put in there, but uh-huh. uh, you know I I think it was more psychological than than anything. Uh, they uh, you know the, the sun guys. You know, like like I said, were very superstitious. And uh, you know, when AJ built them a cage, sometimes he'd have a big wad of chewing tobacco in his mouth, and he would stick that right on that dash, and it would just kind of drip down, and then it would harden out there in the sun. But not one of the sun guys would ever take that off that car. That was <laughs> yeah. his seal of approval. Yes, yes, it was, and. And AJ, God rest his soul. Uh, you know, he did, he did everything possible for the stunt guys. I mean, you know, he was like me. You know, every, everybody has to go to work the next morning. We did not have, you know, uh, they didn't need to have uh, bones broken or any blood. You know, it, we just tried to make it as safe as possible. And you know, we came out with a lot of stuff and. It's unbelievable what they've got out there today. I mean, Corey has got a jump seat that is just out of this world. It looks like hell, but you know what? It does it does the job, and he he feels very safe in that. And so that's why he just won't go to the Hans device. He goes, uh-huh. I've been doing this for 40 years with this, and he says there's no reason for me to make any changes. So. Uh, you know, he, you know, he he gets bumps and bruises, but you know, he hasn't been he hasn't been really hurt where he couldn't come to work. Now we have to mention that Corey Eubanks is the son of Bob Eubanks, who was the right. host of the date of the Newlywed Game Show for yeah. so many. Yes, and uh, you know, uh, matter of fact, Henry Kinji was on that show uh, uh, at, at one time in the early years when he, when Henry was married. Oh. And uh, you know uh, he's had quite a few uh, people on on that show, and uh, you know Bob, uh, you know you know he, he was he's a great guy. He got he got us uh, a loan for a million dollars to produce a uh, to produce a film that his uh, son wrote, and uh, Corey starred in it. We had Michael Ironside in it, uh, Russell Soberg. We got him his DGA card on that show. And uh, I got a producer's credit, and uh, that that movie that movie was called Payback, but it was done in 1990. It wasn't the one in uh, 2000 with Mel Gibson. They got the title from us, but uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's an interesting uh, movie. And you know, uh, John, I, I think I'll probably. Either uh, if I remember or uh, see you someplace. Are you going to go to the show in Chicago? When is that? That is June 3rd. Hmm. It's a possibility now. Okay. <laughs> well, we're, 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 we're doing a dedication to Rich Sefton's wheel stander. His daughters, uh, oh. Amanda, Amanda and uh, I never can ever think of the other one's name. Um, let's see, Amanda. It's almost the same same thing. But anyway, they'll 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 be out there, 
uh, I'll be out there. Uh, I, I'm going to be one of their guests. I'll probably give a little talk about uh, Rich and uh, some of the things we did and some of the things that uh, he didn't do <laughs> when he was on a set. But he was he was my shop foreman, and okay. uh, and we we had a good time. But it's it's going to be from uh, ten o'clock to five o'clock. And it's going to be at the Volo Museum in McHenry, Illinois. You know that's what that I know exactly. I've been to that museum. That's a great place. And what's funny is I'm scheduled to be up there uh, two weekends later because I'm going to be going to Roscoe, Illinois, to visit that auto museum there. And then we're going uh-huh. to go to Volo. So maybe I'll be going to Volo twice in June. Well, why don't you why don't you stop by and see me? Uh, yeah. I should have a couple copies of uh, Payback. Uh, I've got uh, the uh, behind the scenes from 2005, uh, the stunt shows. Uh, it's okay. got interviews with with Alan and Wyatt. Uh, you know, uh, Corey. Uh, let's see, Henry was there. Uh, Gary Baxley was there. We yeah, we, we played tricks on Gary Baxley with, with the cage. I won't tell you, you know, but it, it, it's in it's in the uh, it's in that uh, little movie, and it was narrated by Ben Jones. And oh, neat. he had a lot of fan uh, input, and uh, you know, it, it, it's a pretty good little uh, DVD. Uh, so I've got those, and I've got Payback, and I've got uh, 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 the ones uh, when we did the. Uh, the jump, Corey's jump in uh, at uh, the uh, school. Uh, he he recreated uh, Craig Baxley's jump, and uh-huh. uh, uh, the uh, see. Come on, you should know the name of the. It's in the first series, uh, first few series in uh, Georgia. Uh, was it the Granny Annie jump? Uh, yes, uh, that was that was the first first jump that uh, Craig did. Who- and it was okay. in front of the it was in front of the college. Oh, oh, the one in okay, the yes, okay, gotcha. I was yeah. confusing that with the Al Wyatt's jump where he jumped over that train and went like two hundred and thirty. No, yeah, Al Wyatt went two hundred and thirty seven feet. Yeah. And uh I I think uh I've got just one, two I think I've got three posters and I think I sent them to my brother in Illinois. I probably oh, well. Uh, you know, uh, I've only got three left, but they're unsigned by Alan. Uh, well, I'm, I, 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 I've got one here, but uh, I'm know, going uh, to I'm going to have to make it to Volo on June 3rd, and I think I'm going to get my buddy Don Jones, who was with me in Atlanta that day. Uh, I'll see if I can get him to go with me. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, <laughs> yes, and and I'll I'll try my best to get you thrown out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and, and from what I've seen, uh, they did a short video of uh, actually firing up uh, Rich Septon's car. It, it, it was a, had a 440 in it. It was had a blower and it ran out alcohol. I and, saw the uh, I saw the video of that on Facebook where they started it outside of Volo. Yeah. Now, see, they they were mentioning that they were going to try it in the parking lot, you know, uh, to get mm-hmm. get the car to stand up. And you know, uh, a- as you know, yeah, Rich. Rich had a lot of trick devices on that car. You know, you had a, a mer- he had a mercury switch that he'd flip on so 
the wheels would actually stay, you know, straight. But, uh-huh. you know, it, it, the problem is you had to be very quick. If the car came down straight, but it was already at the wrong angle. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, that, then you meet up with Mr. Guardrail. Exactly. But, uh, well, one of the things we should let the listeners know is this wheel stander was actually a wheel stander General Lee that was made for the series that they were going to incorporate in an episode, but somehow that didn't happen. Well, yeah, uh, it wouldn't stand up. And, uh, you know, I, I told Rich, you know, he had a, a 5,000 salt converter in the thing. And uh, that that would be good for uh, for a race car, but he needed something that hooked up right away. And I said, Rich, all you need is a stock converter out of a 383 two barrel and put that in because it locks up instantly and that would shock the tires and make that car stand up. But uh. he, he didn't believe me. So uh, it, it you know, we we couldn't have done anything more, you know, to it right there. But Paul Baxley comes up to me and he goes, hey, babe, I want you to work on that wheel stander so you can get it to stay, uh, stand up. I said, yes, sir, I will. So then I go over to uh, Skip Ward, one of the producers. I said, Skip, I says, Paul asked me to uh, work on that wheel stander for Rich Septon. And I says, I do not have the time. And I says, I'm not going to tell Paul no. So I says, you're going to have to tell him that Tommy is too busy to work on that wheel sander, which uh-huh. which I was, because uh, you know we were we were coming down to the end of the uh, end of the show and we started doing jumps again instead of the miniatures, mm-hmm. and so I, I I was very I was very very busy you know towards the end of the show, and uh, so there was no rest for the wicked, so. Uh, <laughs> I just had to accept that, and you know, and Skip Ward went and told Paul Baxley that Tommy wasn't going to be able to work on that car, and uh, you know, it, uh, it 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 should have worked, but you know, it, to, today when you think about it, the way that car was built, it should have had a fiberglass body on it, and uh-huh. Rich Rich wanted the the metal body because Army Armstrong. Back in the day, he had those '69 Chargers funny cars. Right. He had he had probably 30, 40 bodies left over, and uh, he he was selling them. But uh, you know, Rich, uh, you know, he could have made he could have made it look good. I mean, you know, uh, but we didn't have where we could wrap the cars like they do today. You know, True. We, yeah, you, you can you can make a NASCAR, you can make a Ford, a Chevy. Uh, a Toyota, you know, same body, but you know the graphics on the things are just fantastic. It, it's amazing where this sport has taken us. And uh, but uh, you know, so anyway, you know, my hats off to, to Rich for doing it anyway. And he did get it to stand up. He uh, he was out there at uh, it was Antelope Valley uh, Speedway, and I think it's now it's Los Angeles Speedway or something. But he did get the car. He did get the car to stand up, and uh, so that is in a poster. And his kids, uh, Amanda, I don't know. I, I as soon as I see her, over, they're going to have the wheel standard posters, and they'll be they'll be signing those posters 
And uh, so you need to stop by there, purchase a, a signed photo or a, a poster from them, bring it over to me, I'll sign it, and uh, we'll uh, you know kind of go from there. And I believe that uh, Amanda has got uh, some of Rich's old uh, shirts, wheel stander shirts and stuff, and uh, they've been packed away in boxes for all these years, and uh, so they're 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 going to have they're going to have some merchandise to sell. Yes, they are. Well, I'll tell you, just for the listeners of Southeast Iowa today on Round Guy Radio, this, folks, is how legends are made. You're hearing yeah. it right now today with Tom Sarmento. And 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 people that are listening, if you get a chance to go to the Volo Museum, yeah. I'll have my pictures out, and they're mostly pictures from the set. And I tell you, you know, pick one out, and I'll tell you the story. You know, uh, I can usually tell who was in the car, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, unfortunate that uh, we couldn't get uh, some of the stunt guys out here. Uh, you know, Corey is still working. Uh, Russell, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a cowboy now, and uh, – He's retired from the business. Uh, John Cade, you know, he'd love to be out there, but, you know, his, his health isn't uh, really good, and he's always, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, but, uh, you know, come on out. Come on out and see us. I mean, I think they're expecting anywhere from uh, from three to 5,000 people there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll I be – We'll be under a big uh, 40 by 40 tent, yeah, and the wheel stander will be in there be- beside it. And uh, no, no, John, you're not going to be able to drive the wheel stander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you saved me from asking. <laughs> uh, well, well I, Tom, I'm looking forward to it. I hope I get to get – I'm going to check my calendar and see if I can make this happen for me on June 3rd. Because I want to say thank you and shake your hand in person. Okay. Yeah, you, you got you got a deal there. All right. Well, Tom Sarmento, thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Okay. Thank you for having me, John. Oh, you're quite welcome, sir. It's been a great pleasure for me. Okay. You- that was Tom Sarmento, the man behind the general, on this episode of Southeast Iowa Today presented by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. And Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankenstein it, they can fix and clean and customize it. On behalf of Southeast Iowa Today, I'm your host, John Bain. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.